Ladies and gentlemen, we're here once again for episode 16 of the Snobcast, and I'm here again with my more lovely and more talented uh, host, co-host, little sister person, midget weirdo that always shows up here. <laughs> Shay Simone, say what's up. Uh, what's up? What's up, guys? That was, <laughs> you always catch me so off guard, Will. I try. It's our it's our podcast tradition, but it's, also every time I see you, it's my job. you just throw these things at me. It's my job. And then <laughs> one, joining us once again is the doctor, Gina Delgado. What up, Gina? Doc G in her. In the house. Woo, woo. Dr. G or Dr. G, it doesn't woo, matter. Woo. She's, both, she's Dr. G and D and G, Dolce and Gabbana. Dolce and Gabbana. Ooh, I like that. Ooh, she fancy, huh? <laughs> no. All right. And <laughs> no. This month, I'm really excited about the topic we're going to be talking about. We, everybody loves animation. Everybody loves, you know, cartoons, even though mm-hmm. cartoons are more than just cartoons in the modern aesthetic mm-hmm. but there's also a lot of different styles of cartoon a lot of different styles of animation outside of your disney pixar which we'll get to later mm-hmm. on but when we're talking about that this month's topic is more obscure choices let's talk let's start with gina's first pick since you're always our guest and you went with drum roll please persepolis 2007's persepolis tell us about it yep and directed by marjane satrapi and vincent Paranod? Paranod? Paranod. Paranod. I can't French. Sorry, French people. I don't French. All I know is omelette du fromage. Thank you, Dexter's Dexter's Laboratory. Laboratory. (laughs) She don't know nothing about no Dexter's Laboratory. Nope. Because she's 12. (laughs) (laughs) That is correct. Uh, So, in Persepolis, it talks about um, a woman's journey through her childhood from the Iranian Revolution Islamic fundamental Islamic fundamentalism and how it affected her because her family sent her away to live away from the Iranian Revolution. She becomes Westernized, um, and she also goes through her her growth spurts. Um, and she the the little girl ends up the little girl her name's Margie I think I believe Marjane, so. Yeah. Mar- and so yes, and so she you know in one of the pic in one. Uh, Will is holding a picture uh, of a scene where she's wearing a jacket that says "Punk is not dead." And so, oh is if you can if you can gather from what I'm saying, this little girl is rebellious in probably the culture that you want to be the least rebellious in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, it's the story of how she grew up, became Westernized, and then has to embrace her culture after. You know, becoming Westernized, figuring out mm-hmm. what's important, what's not. You know, knowing that she'll never be a Westerner, she has to embrace herself. And so, I thought it was a really nice message. Um, and also, I learned a lot about the Islamic culture mm-hmm. um, and their customs through this movie. So, I thought you know that was really valuable, especially mm-hmm. in in a kind of movie like this. Yeah, the the history behind this movie is absolutely insane as well because it's uh, it's based. On an autobiographical comic book, right? By the by the Marjan Satrapi, her real life and her like real adolescence and all that, and it's like like the themes that you you mentioned and all that. It just like covers so many things within that time span and all that. And right, and like going through the scene where she's with all these like alternative punk people mm-hmm. and like talking about them about philosophy and then she realizes like I'm not part of these people. I've had that mm-hmm. moment so many times mm-hmm. where I'm like, 
what am I doing here? I'm the only brown person. And when I try to explain a brown point of view, mm-hmm. it gets shot down. Never mind. Like, yeah. you know, so, so it, it, I could, I could see some parallels that happened, mm-hmm. you know, as her being a, a non-Westerner, mm-hmm. you know, coming into being in a Western society, having yeah. to like believe, kind of believe what they say, you know what I mean? To survive, but also to become part of the scene. You right. Know? Yeah. Right. There's a lot of punk rock influence in this yeah. film. And oh. of course, I am immediately drawn to that. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the, the style of animation. It's black and white. It's this beautiful, stark... Because that's what the black and white does, is it gives you stark yeses and noes. Yeah. It's, it's, the use of color is very selective. Well, yeah, exactly. It's, mm-hmm. It very much comes off as a, and I hate to use this as an example because it's not a, a, a linear example, but it's very uh, Schindler's List in that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Schindler's List only uses color in the one scene. Mm-hmm. The little girl with the red jacket, and yep. it's more effective in that one. That's yep. interesting because red is also selectively used. Yes, in but, that, but in cinema, red often... It always means something mm-hmm. because it's always, it's a color that in cinema often has a meaning. For example, the red shoes is not about some goddamn shoes. Mm-hmm. It's about the fame industry and the Hollywood machine per se. And exactly. what is the least. balloon in it then? Uh, the balloon is just red. <laughs> it's evil. But, it's evil. But red the red balloon scary. in the red balloon is not a, about a red balloon. I haven't seen it's that not. one. No. Oh. <laughs> Again, red is always often used in cinema, and it's funny because Middle Eastern uh, animation is, tends to be really, really unique. I mean, I get a lot of vibes uh, with, with Persephone. There's, uh, you know, other examples that we're not going to talk about today, like Flea, which was a documentary that came out last year, mm-hmm. or like uh, Waltz with Bashir, mm. who, ha- who have these different styles of animation, and they all have this Middle Eastern influence, mm-hmm. and so. The, the best thing about Persephone is it nailed the aesthetic of the comic, mm-hmm. but it also nailed the attitude yes. of the comic. Yes. And that's the most oh. important thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is if you're going to do a comic book, I'm looking at you, Netflix's Cowboy Bebop. You have to <laughs> nail the essence of the source material. Mm-hmm. Or even, I haven't seen their Sandman interpretation because that's one of my I've favorite been here, comics. Yeah, I'm actually, just reading that right now. And I actually watched it. And as a person who is very, very critical of more fantasy... Please, God, let it be good. Uh, I loved it. Oh, thank, thank God. God. I loved thank it. Um, oh. I, I did. I, I tried not to. And it ended up rubbing <laughs> right. off on me, so I, yeah. I recommend it. But Ooh, I'm, so I'm also the type of person, if someone tells me it's a shitty movie, I'll end up liking it. So mm-hmm. <laughs> You never know. Yeah. I love that. That's Good a man. great pick, Gina. And I'm glad oh. you, you enjoyed the movie, right? Loved it. Loved it. I saw so myself... In yeah. her development. And how did mm-hmm. you watch it? I watched it. Um, I watched it on uh, iTunes. I, I, oh, so you just paid I like just, the three dollars. I, I, t- I paid three bucks for it, and it's worth three yeah. bucks. Yeah. So that's yeah. what I got. You know that this one lost the best animated feature to what? It did? Uh, yeah, it lost to best animated feature. I'm gonna tell you right Probably now. Probably Pixar or something. I also just want to mention, like, I feel you on that, like, because um, this was actually shown to us in film school. Oh, really? Um, thankfully, yeah. Actually, one of the few good movies that they actually showed in film school. <laughs> right. Uh, <coughs> thanks, UNLV. <clears throat> film I program. Great. Sorry, I work there, but, like, you guys, <laughs> you guys need to figure out your movie selection. Figure out your shit. Please stop <laughs> showing us the same goddamn movies over and over again. If I have to see Goodfellas in that context one more time. <laughs> oh, God. Goodfellas anyway. is a great movie. Anyways. Anyways. I it was man it was such a, an important screening for oh, yeah. for everyone. If it's yeah. gonna lose, it lost to a great film. The nominees that year were Surf's Up, okay. Persephone, <laughs> and the eventual winner Ratatouille. Oh, 
Okay. Mm. Um, I still would have picked Persepolis. I, honestly, I, yeah. I, honestly, I would. Honestly, because Ratatouille is iconic, but Persepolis needs its flowers. I'm glad. It we'll, deserves We'll, we'll talk a little bit more about Ratatouille in a minute, yeah. later on in the... Ratatouille. Because there's a bonus... Uh, there's a bonus I know, discussion I have a, that I, have I never an idea. tell you about, but we'll talk about it later. I know where it's going to go. Um, I, I feel it. Great pick. Shay, what's your first pick? So, my first pick, I'm going to try and kind of follow the ilk of that. So, this film was released in 2006. Yeah. That one, Persepolis, was... Seven. 2007. Yeah. So this was a year before, directed by Mr. Richard Linklater, a scanner darkly. Oh, yes. That's um, a great film. Yeah. And um, personally, like I, for me, Richard Linklater's works can kind of be kind of like a like a like it, it's always a mixed bag for me personally because oh. he has certain isms. He's an auteur. Uh, I'll go ahead and throw that out. I agree. The way he's that one of my he, favorite auteurs. Yeah, I, I I feel like maybe I have to kind of grow into it because it's he's still very new to me and all that. Yeah, the way he, that he sets up scenes and writes oh. dialogue. and I, I do love and appreciate when a director allows themselves the space mm-hmm. to, to really let their characters just like kind of spiral into I a think scene. if you've never been to Austin, Texas, you can't appreciate it as much because he, he very much makes movies in a, Texas, a Texan way. Interesting. Because if you've been to Austin, you understand that that Jeez. town itself is very, very kooky. <laughs> yeah. It, well, yeah, that's I've a good way I've only been to Austin once, so I, I wouldn't really know. But I've the never vibe been. was gorgeous. So, Beautiful know. city. But we're going I didn't next. I know that there's a Texan style of... I, well, the, I think Texan, I think Western. Well, that's Texan the thing. Texan filmmaking? There's, if you go to the University of Texas, which Richard Linklater did, mm. mm-hmm. and so did Matthew McConaughey, mm-hmm. then you understand that there is a, a style all their own that they teach, a way of making films, and it's very John Fordish. So, yes, huh. kind of Western. Hmm. But John Ford made more than just Westerns, and, and I think that you're right about Linklater. He's one of my favorite uh, directors as well. He's, like, in my mm-hmm. top five mm-hmm. because I just every one of his movies is so different, and they're so unique. And mm-hmm. This is a guy who can go from making a Scanner Darkly to... Before Sunrise. Before Sunrise or Days to Confuse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Three completely Boyhood. different movies. Boyhood still Boyhood's is a incredible. monster. <laughs> Boyhood is who incredible. does that? <laughs> He made all those movies while what? making Boyhood. I was thinking about that while I was watching this fucking crazy-ass movie. And I was like, he was making Boyhood while this was going on, probably. So, what A Scanner Darkly is about, and it, it did take a little bit of reading for me to really understand what was going on. But you could say that it's it's kind of... Uh, it's rotoscope. It's Well, it's a rotoscope animated film, which can be very bizarre to a lot of people. Going Rotoscoping often is... Like, when I try to be like, hey, watch Aku no Hana, people are like, that shit's ugly. But in the in the style <laughs> that that is done here, uh, I'm not quite sure what the lead animator's... Uh, Animator is or whatever, but uh, I'm pretty sure he w- also worked with him on Waking Life. Mm-hmm. Because Which is also rotoscoped. Also rotoscoped, also linked later. Um, but the style is like very interesting, and I think it actually pairs incredibly well with what the story is trying to convey. So if I could best describe the story, I would say it's a psychedelic, cyberpunk-ish, um, almost bordering on, on kind of, ugh, not philosophical, but it's it's like, society in a way that's what it ends up becoming and uh i was very confused starting off because it it kind of throws you into the thing just like a lot of sci-fi movies tend to do they're Mm -hmm. just like this is the world and then the world building um the world building is interesting because you you're not really shown as much of the world um so it feels like it feels very close to home it still feels like very close to our time now Mm -hmm. but at the same time you have like these spies these agents 
working for this agency. Keanu Reeves is one of them. Wearing suits that make them look like into like random people. Like you can't even tell what it they randomizes look like. randomizes their face. Yeah, it randomizes that's, their yeah, appearance. That's what I was looking for on... on why you would randomize style. handsome Keanu's handsome face handsome. <laughs> is uh, a marvel in, of modern technology. Now, yeah. you mentioned the, the, the style, and you mentioned that, well, it is based on a Philip K. Dick novel mm-hmm. of the same name. Mm-hmm. And if you know anything about Philip K. Dick, is his shit's crazy. Yeah, He's responsible which... for do, uh, Android's Dream of Electric Sheep, which became Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. He's responsible for, uh, I forget the name of the, the short story, but it became uh, Total Recall. Oh. oh, whoa. Phil K. Dick's mm-hmm. stuff gets adapted and it's usually nuts. Mm-hmm. So, A Scanner Darkly is based on a short novel, a short story, uh, A Scanner Darkly. And uh, you get, I, I love I love this movie. I mm-hmm. love rotoscoping in general. If you guys haven't seen Undone on Amazon, oh, it is also that. rotoscoped and it stars uh, Rosa Salazar and uh, one of the best working character actors uh, right now in, uh, I forget his name from Better Call Saul. Oh, oh, the main guy? Yeah, Saul? Bob Odenkirk. Bob, oh, we love Bob. Bob Odenkirk plays Rosa Salazar's uh, dad. Mm, if you ever interview Casas Marie from the George Lopez show plays his her mom. Really? Mm-hmm. You gotta you gotta interview Bob someday. I'd love to interview I love Bob him. Odenkirk. Bob Odenkirk, him. if you hear this, I would love to. He's like my him. like my comfort actor. Get on actor. here, get on here, Bob. He's also an action star as of last year too. So. Nobody. <laughs> nobody was great. I liked it. Nobody I loved it actually. I was just I like nobody. Nobody is what it's called. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. He's like this retired. He's, like a, he's a retired sleeper agent who yeah. has uh-huh. himself reactivated on accident. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Oh, it's so good though. And wait, what's his name? Uh. Who plays his dad? I forget. Doc Doc Brown. Yeah. yeah. Doc Christopher Brown. Lloyd. When this <laughs> thing hits 88 miles an hour, you're going to see some Christopher serious Christopher Lloyd? <laughs> I haven't heard of Christopher Lloyd in And he's a badass Right? Guy. I'm like, oh, that fucker's still, still alive. Around. Yeah. God, no. He's like 85. He's still around. But back to A Scanner Darkly. <laughs> I love this pick. I love this movie. And mm-hmm. I think it's a gorgeous movie. Have you had a chance to see it? Yes. Uh, you've seen it? Uh-huh. Oh, my and God. We saw, We found one that Gina's seen. What? Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, no, but ma- majority of these movies, if they're odd and abstract, I most likely have seen them. I can't wait for you to hear my picks, so, then, because I don't think so you've seen any Maybe I haven't God. seen Except it. I probably have it. I just yeah. know that Scanner Darkly attracted to me, uh, was attractive to me because of Waking Life. Mm-hmm. And because and Keanu Reeves. Mm-hmm. And because Keanu... That's well, the without cast. going to say... <laughs> like of course uh, Winona Winona Ryder's yes, in it yeah. yes that's I why just... I saw it initially because Winona's in it and I've oh, had, had a crush on Winona since I was six years who old who doesn't so. uh, she's mm. great I love her she's yeah. great goddess goddess <laughs> goddess but actually my favorite character is Rory Cochran's uh, character because he's insane oh my god yeah how they like coked out all the time coked out how they end like how they they did he really get an arc for his character? Kinda, no, not, really. not really. But the, it's so funny how they just wrapped up his character in the last scene. I was just like, ah, okay. I, cool. <laughs> I, lo- I love this movie. How did you watch the movie? Um, on my laptop. Oh, okay. On um a website. Gotcha. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> man, the, the the way that they set up illegally. <clears throat> I'm oh. a pirate. Arr, but Arg. Um, Erg. The way, but yeah, as I was speaking before to Linklater's style in general, when it comes to storytelling, it 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 could get like a little. It feels a little bit like whiplash because they stick you in a scene for a really long time, and it gets to be more and more uncomfortable just due to the fact of like how how these characters are, but also how good everyone is playing them, yeah. especially uh, Robert Downey Jr. So who, good in that movie. He's so good, and I'm just like. 
is he on crack? Is he doing, like, <laughs> Robert Downey Jr., the actor? Yeah. <laughs> what are you on, sir? Because the way that he does his character is just so maniacal <laughs> and well, creepy. He's Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. Like, like, like he he's like an incredibly unlikable character, but uh-huh. you're still just like this this fuck he he's so he's so like maniacal and crazy and hyper and just <laughs> yeah. all over the place and a paranoia severe paranoiac, but you can't help but keep watching it right. and laugh. Right. That's, that's and be like Okay, you know, just see where this train leads you. And like a scanner darkly in general was just also just such an unpredictable story. Uh, at the end, I was just like, wow. Uh, what just happened? What just happened? <laughs> a lot just happened. Yep. But when, the way it wraps everything up, and this is also due to the story itself, yep. the source material, because uh, I did I did read what it was about afterwards, because I was like, what? Is what it, the fuck just happened? Big 1984 vibes. Yes. Big. Yes. I, that, definitely a theme. A definite, like, Also, not really a surprise. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It is very cyberpunk. I like that. Yes. Yeah. that word, which is ironic because Keanu would then later on go to be the main character, Johnny Silverhand, in the video oh. game Cyberpunk 24. Oh, I thought you were going to mention uh, Johnny Mnemonic. God, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what's funny? So That's a terrible movie. I, I'm on this website called Taste Dive. And it recommends you these movies. And Johnny Mnemonic was the next one that got I'm recommended. So sorry. And I was like, eh. what does that say about your taste? I'm like, pass. No, not my taste. Pa- no, their the the website. Yeah, it is not mine. Yeah, it's ter- <laughs> terrible. I don't claim terrible. that energy. I'm just there for the memes. Johnny Mnemonic is very nice. Uh, great choice. Love Thank it. You. Thank my you. first pick is a movie I guarantee neither of you have seen. Mm. Bring it, it. Is the 2018 mm. movie. I saw this at a critic screening at a 9 a.m. Rarely do we get 9 a.m. 10 a.m. Uh, critic screenings mm. but a 9 a.m. critic screening it's called Reuben Brandt Collector and it's about a th- the greatest thief you've ever met who tries to steal all the major pieces of artwork and as you can see from the artwork it is very very different looking. I'm mm-hmm. loving that it that. has an almost impressionist style yeah. to the animation uh, everything very much so. is so it reminds me of like 40s and 50s oh. like posters the very like like kind of art deco. Well, that's, yeah. that's perfect because the ice cubes in this scene are actually Alfred Hitchcock ice cubes. Oh! <laughs> wow, I want that. Yeah, it's, the, the, <laughs> it's very art deco and, and it's designed. And Ruben Brandt is such a weird movie. I can't even describe it to you. Miloran Kristic oh. is the director. I believe he's Croatian. Mm-hmm. The film is in English, mm-hmm. but uh, it's it's a weird one, man. And it's uh, <laughs> Sony Pictures put this out, and I was like, oh, what the yeah. hell? He's reading The Deep Sleep, which is a uh, a mystery novel. Mm-hmm. seen in a train and basically what happens is they try to steal all these major works of art and replace them because Ruben Brandt's going insane and believes that the paintings are talking to him mm. what so yeah, okay that yeah, I would like need to watch this this sounds like something yeah. that would this movie definitely... is insane he's being attacked by this painting here that sounds huh. like a trip oh that kind of reminds me of the whole concept of like the Stendhal syndrome. Yeah, and everything is so unique looking, and, and it's all two D planes, flat. There used to be this book series back in the nineties. Uh, there was a Big Bad Wolf put out, and there uh-huh. was also a the Stinky Cheese Man. I remember the and Stinky Cheese Man. It's very much that art style. Yes, Cheese Man. Yeah, I remember the Stinky Cheese Man. <laughs> I do. When I saw that, it was a John Shishetska, I believe is how it's pronounced. It's all very much in that style of animation, similar to similarly. Yes. If you look at the his version of Big Bad Wolf is the same. It's all very impressionistic. Yeah. I feel like it has 
How would you even describe that? Flat and boxy. Flat, boxy, Flat, boxy. angular, caric- character. Yeah. His version, of three, little, his version of three Little Pigs is my favorite, one of my favorite books as a kid. Hmm. Josh Krzyzewski. And it's, it's very much in this style of animation. It's such a weird movie. I'd say the narrative is where it struggles. It doesn't deliver story-wise as much. Mm. But it's just so goddamn pretty. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's just so goddamn pretty. That the whole movie, <laughs> the whole time you're just like, this is a, 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 a Monet painting. Yeah, that's why I, I recognize that. But it's done in the style of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. That that's is the, so cool. That's two eyes on the same side. It's a trip. Yeah. yeah. It's a it's a weird movie, and it's a really complex Whoa. movie to try and explain to what? you. What? The animation <laughs> looks clean. It's that's so what, clean. That's what I, I think, is that it looks clean. Yeah. Uh, they do have a lot of shading, but the the, mm. the animation is still flat, even with the shading. Yeah. It's, it's still kind of painterly. It's such yeah. a cool-looking movie, like... I'd say it's one of my, one of the most visually arresting animated <laughs> films that I've seen in some time. Really? You step away from it like the whole time. I mean, look at that. Gorgeous. She has two faces. It's nice. great. And three boobs. Tommy. Oh. Three boobs. Talent. Yeah. It's just an insane movie. Having a third boob is a talent. <laughs> <laughs> and every every character is is worth a look in in, in every frame. Yeah. Because they're all so weird looking. There's a lot to look at in all these frames that you're showing up. I'm going to put my foot, I'm going to try to put my finger on what this is, that style is. Like, I'm an art major. I should know. <laughs> yeah, so they all have a, the way it all works out is there's four famous thieves, and they're all, they all have this psychotherapist, which who's Ruben Brand, and he's being haunted by these certain paintings, and they're all very famous paintings. Mm. And so their job is to steal all of the famous paintings that are haunting Ruben. Really? Wait, so he's a psychotherapist, and he recruits the thieves. To, to steal the paintings so steal that his paintings. psychosis over them will Age dissipate. dissipate. Huh. And, wow. What an interesting story. It's a weird movie. So it sounds like psychological. It is. It is. And Ruben's a, a, just a crazy man with a horse face. <laughs> um, I, I, I love this movie. I think it's so, so weird, and I think it's such a unique pick, and I, that's why I wanted it to be my first one, because it's so weird looking. It's so odd. Bizarro. And I had such a fun time watching it back in 2018. I was one of the only critics there watching it. Really? Really? Very empty theater. But Ooh. it got such a small release, and uh, it's just it's, it's such a great, weird movie. Was it distributed it. through uh, G-Kids or something? No, no. It was. It's an adult film. There's a lot of nudity and violence. Right. So it's very much not a kid's movie, and G-Kids is not going to do anything with <laughs> children. Interesting. No, Sony was the distributor on this one. Oh, okay. Which Actually, is why, but to be fair, I have, I, seen, fucked up. I have seen boobies in a G-Kids movie. I'm sure you have. Mm-hmm. A couple. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Princess Kaguya has boobs. Princess Kaguya mm-hmm. does have boobs. Yeah. Uh, and this, this was actually distributed by Sony Picture Classics. So, you know, they always oh! forget. They always, it's their indie label. Oh, yeah. And they, they never remember to, you know, do anything with their indie label. Yeah. <laughs> they just sort of yeah. don't market any of those movies. They just put it in there. And Going back right. to our discussion from a few months ago, Sony Picture Classics is responsible for a lot. Punch Drunk Love. Exactly. Yeah. Just like perfect example. great movies in general. Yeah. In general, they just have a lot of really great movies. I actually have the entire list of them right here. Oh, my God. Yeah, you've got, uh, yeah, wow, wow. Mi Vida Loca, it's a mm-hmm. great movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Crumb, great movie. I still need to watch it. You should. I was looking at that the other uh, the, the Flower of the Secret, good one. Uh, Welcome to the Dollhouse. I like that one. great film. I actually see that nice. Suburbia, another great Dang, film. Dang, really? Thieves, which was a... Which one sees the Caesar for Best Picture? That's the French version of the Oscar. Oh. Uh, there's Henry Fool. There's a lot. Central Station. SLC Punk. Oh. Goodness, I have not seen that movie in forever. Run, Lola, Run. I love Run, Lola, Run. Great movies. Get me, oh, 
Before two thousand seven, and I'll have a lot of knowledge about movies. Mm. The Devil's Backbone, <laughs> great horror film. Ooh. Uh, Dog Pound and Z Boys, the documentary, mm-hmm. which was they later made a a uh, feature out of. Uh, the Owning Mahoney, another great underseen movie. All the Real Girls, great movie. Mm. So Sony Picture Classics responsible for a lot of stuff. I haven't even gotten mm-hmm. to do contemporary oh. stuff that they've done. But uh, yeah, this is this is one of theirs, and it, it came out in 2018 uh, to no fanfare. Uh, but it was it was great. It was a really good movie, and I really enjoyed it. It, it, it got lost in the Brigsby Bear, Call Me By Your Name stuff, because it came out around the same time as that. Mm. And that was uh, the movies that they were pitching at that time. But I, I can say with some conclusivity that this is one of the most unique-looking animated films that I've ever seen. Hmm. Like, literally ever. Yeah. Now, that was your, my first choice. Gina, what was your secondary choice? Well, I have no real order. I just pick the... I think I'm always going to do the one I like the most the, at the end. Me too. Mm. Um, <laughs> so my second one is Waking Life. Oh, mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> hey. It's the precursor to the Scanner Darkly animation. Nice. It, it, the reason that I adore this movie, I, I discovered it when it came out. I love Ethan Hawke. Who does love mm-hmm. Ethan Hawke? Mm-hmm. Love me some Ethan Hawke. Who he's doesn't? Not even in the whole movie. I have met him. Yeah. Will's actually met him. He's not even in the whole movie. He's uh. He's not. He's in like that bedroom scene. Yeah. Um, but I love the fact that all of these people in this movie are talking about concepts that no one wants to talk about, mm. right? The like the moments that you have at like two in the morning where you're like, why do I exist? Mm. What is going on here? I'd just be better off not exist. You know what I mean? Like the pillow talk between Julia Binoche and not Julia Binoche, but uh, what's her name from uh, about from the Sunrise movies? I thought that was her name. No, it's not yeah. Julia Binoche. It's- no, and so like just the the part that I really liked was and I, I tried Delphi. to I tried to look up the scene where. Because I watched it, but I couldn't remember the guy's name. There's this guy that has these glasses, and he has the Mr. Um, he has a South Park feel to him. He has that big head. That, what's that? What's that? Um, Mr. Matthew oh, okay. okay. He has that same head, like big up top and then tiny for the neck. Right? My name Kind of looks like a testicle. But you were talking about how like they distort their features while yeah. they're talking. So this is a very long segment of this man talking about existentialism. And he's just rambling and rambling. And I'm like, this guy must be a professor or something. <laughs> but And he has his glasses and he has like the bald head with the hair on the side that looks like Einstein. Mm. And what I loved about it is that I was zoning out. I was zoning out to the movie while he was talking. Mm-hmm. And although his content was important, it was boring. What was making the scene for me was the fact that every time he'd move, the animation would like slow down and like distort his face. Yeah. And so it was like looking at moving art instead mm-hmm. of listening to his voice. Poor thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a smartly written movie too. Mm-hmm. It's, and that's and that, mm-hmm. it goes back to what you're talking about. You were you were more engaged with the dialogue than you were the visual until the visual started to change. Until the visual started to change. And then mm-hmm. there's different types of animation I've noticed. Yeah. Right? There's not just the same like rotoscope feel to it there are some other parts where it feels like a photo other parts where it feels like a painting. well the outlines are really dark comparable to a scanner darkly mm-hmm. the outlining is really dark mm-hmm. in yep. some scenes like it's so dark yep huh. and honestly it's not a movie to sit down for a story 
It's 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 a movie to sit down for thoughts. This is literally it's a thought like movie. stream of consciousness it's, kind of. Yes. But you know what you yes. just did? What you just described Richard Linklater's style? Yeah. You know what? You're right. You're so right. I always it's wonder how much story, is like improv. It's just for thoughts. Mm. Um, and so just watching the movie, I feel like I can be painting and watching in the background. My whole thing in life, the thing that really is like my thing is to talk about like, why the fuck are we here? Mm. Existential. Like, why do I even exist? Does this even matter? I wipe my ass. You wipe your ass. We're equals. But why? Why are you better than me? Like that sort mm. of conversation happens in my head all the time. Mm-hmm. And so like watching this movie... Even when I was like 14 and watching this movie, it was, it, it changed me because of these people talking about the thoughts that I had in my head already. Yeah. <laughs> it's a definite shock to your system when you watch it. Like I said, yes. this is my favorite scene between Julie Delphi and Ethan Hawke, who Linklater continues to keep working with, mm-hmm. as he should, because mm-hmm. they're excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just Ethan Hawke going on like a five minute rant about like life and yeah. love. <laughs> yeah, and, that's my favorite. Yeah. It's my favorite is to hear people's stories mm-hmm. of how they live yeah and what keeps them living <laughs> that's that's my favorite to do yeah and mm-hmm. i think that the existentialism is a is a topic that pertain that, that sort of permeates throughout all of linklater's work even the more mm-hmm. even the more commercial stuff like uh school of rock mm-hmm. which is a linklater film mm-hmm. we don't know that i, I did not know that wow <laughs> um, i mean that's not a movie for thoughts no but it, it is in essence this man lied, cheated, and steal all so he could maintain the existence the way that he wanted to be. You're so he right. Could be himself. Yeah, to be himself. He That's did whatever he took message. for him to be himself, so he didn't have to get a job that was compromising who he was as a person. Do you hear that, everyone in capitalism? <laughs> That's what we do every day. Capitalism. <laughs> I have a proposition for the communists. <laughs> no, I love, I love this movie. Right. It, it, it gives me a really good feel of just nostalgia. I love the, I love the fact that it's like, because I have narcolepsy. Mm-hmm. And so the waking life part of it, of being in a dream, not being able to tell if you're in a dream at the end of the, uh, I'm not going to say anything at the end of the, you know what? There's no plot. Fuck it. But at the end of the movie, like, he's, he's trying to turn on the lights, turn them on and off, try to read things. He realizes he's in a dream, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, for me, I have narcolepsy, and sometimes my brain slips into REM sleep as I'm waking up. Mm-hmm. And then I have a dream that I woke up, I went to go brush my teeth, go get a coffee, and then I wake up back in my bed. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, okay, it was just a dream. I get up, I go take a shower, I wake up back in my bed. Damn. And I'm like, I was just taking a shower. <laughs> That was a dream, so, like, for moments in the morning sometimes, I don't know if I'm in real life or not. Yeah. And this this movie reminds me of that, like, am I awake mm-hmm. or am I not awake? See, yeah. I have the opposite problem where I'm sleeping, I don't dream. You don't dream? Not really, so mm. when I watch this movie, it allows me to experience mm. Interesting. But, like, what, that's really cool because both of you guys have, like, these different things going on, but this movie, it seems, expresses that... Yeah, how, how, like, dreaming and just, like, the thoughts and, and the train of thought is, like, so important to express yes. in our yes. lives. Yes, yes. And, and just, I, like, I felt like the, this was a movie that was needed to be made. Mm. Yes. Not a lot of people felt it was needed to be made, but for me, I felt it was needed to be made. It mm. was literally my therapy for quite some time. Mm. I loved it. Dang. It was my escape. How did you it watch was. it? Um, I have it on DVD. Oh, okay. And so, yeah. and I've had that DVD since I was a child. She just so. threw the DVD <laughs> give, 
Good pick. I like that one. Uh, Shay, what is what was your second? So, uh, I'm gonna try and follow that up with something that also oh, speaks <laughs> speaks and communicates on relationships. Yeah, I suppose. Uh, but this one is a uh, I don't know about waking life, but this one's a little bleak, but also hopeful. Uh huh. And it was released in 2009. I believe it's a uh, is it it's an stop Australian. Motion. Film. It's stop motion, so we're mm, we're going from. I love uh, stop motion. Right? Who? I mean, I don't know. It who is who an doesn't. Australian film, yes. It is Australian, uh, starring do, 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 right Tony here. Collette and the late great Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh. Missy Buddy, um, and it is Mary and Max, which great I movie, man. I always accidentally call it Max and Mary because of the the kid show with the bunnies. Mm-hmm. Max and Mary. But anyway, <laughs> uh, the bunny and the pet detective. And the detective does a dog. No, it's just like about like oh. <laughs> these two rabbits. Every it's a frame of this rabbit. movie is so beautiful. It's so. <laughs> you say that as we have like this. <laughs> no, but look. Like, it, it is a it is a gorgeous looking it film. It, it's it's, a, it's an example of what you were talking about earlier. Red being used as one of the only colors in the movie because it's yeah. black and white, right? Yes, 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 yes. But it's interesting too because it's not only color, but it's like this, they use different color schemes. So what it's about is it's about this. Um, Autistic man with, uh, or this guy with Asperger's, Mm -hmm. who uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman plays, uh, and his name is Max. He lives alone in his flat, tiny, tiny ass Mm -hmm. flat studio room thing in in New New York. York, And uh, he's just kind of living his life, you know, like being autistic and not really sure how to build relationships, but not also kind of not really caring to. He's got like uh, tons of fish, not tons of fish, but he has like one fish after another yeah. that he keeps accidentally killing. <laughs> and I'm just like, like, I'm sorry, fish are probably the easiest animal to kill and not feel guilty about. On <laughs> unfortunately, some of the if they if they don't have personality, if they don't have personality, my Chinese spider dragon <gasps> ch- child did. And poor Gunther. Oh, Gunther. <laughs> oh, it was continued. Didn't oh, want to oh yeah, sure, sure. We we love finish fish anecdotes lord knows i do but yeah so he he has like one goldfish that he has after another he's got his routines he's got an imaginary friend that lives in the corner of his room and he (laughs) he he's kind of without like a sense of like self or purpose or he he doesn't really seem to be rooted within the self he's just like very anxious i think he's agoraphobic baby he's just got all these things going on on the other hand so like okay so in the new york scenes with when we're with him Everything is black and white, like dry, gray, like muggy. You get this smoky, gritty feeling. Um, Oh, my God. I just love how how everything is designed. The character design is wacky. As I'm looking at the photos, I see the personalities of the characters through the way they're designed. Yes. Right? Like, you immediately know what this character is about based mm-hmm. on their the shape of their face. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, yeah, that's a, per, they yeah. Have, it has so much personality behind it, and it's so lovable in that, and, like, how oh. everything is caricatured. Yeah. You love the characters. So, you there's Max. Then you have Mary, who's this little girl living in Australia, and uh, she lives with her abusive alcoholic mother. And uh, is very alone. She's kind of outcast because she looks a little different. She has these big old glasses and a strange birthmark on her forehead. And she gets made fun of and all this stuff. And so for her, she's like this bright little kid. We're looking at a still of her right now. She's so cute. Oh, my God. I love love these characters. And um, what ends up happening is she... (laughs) I don't even really remember the inciting incident because it's 
it's been a moment. But she literally just picks a name out of a, out of a, what do you call it? Phone book. I ne- I have not looked at a phone book in forever. <laughs> we haven't used I'm, that word in forever either. Like, I'm like, what is it called again? <laughs> but yeah, she she literally just picks a random name out of a phone book and she, she writes to them. And that person ends up being Max. And so the rest of the film follows this very kind of circumstantial relationship, this very instant instantaneous friendship between this little girl and uh, this older uh, autistic man as they write back and forth about, like, how they feel and their findings. Aww. And it's all incredibly, like, innocent. And they're just trying to figure things out through each other's eyes. But they, they really, their friendship just feels so wholesome and so, like, real and true and pure and innocent despite, like, all of the like more kind of darker yeah. working parts in their lives and all that. And uh, it just goes from there. And it's such a brilliant movie, like from how it's designed, from e- even the soundtrack is beautiful. The voice acting is amazing. I love, oh my God, I love the cast in it's this. It's a great movie. And talking about mm-hmm. your color theming earlier, mm-hmm. all of those scenes with Mary are sepia toned. Yes. Oh, and black yes. and white. That's and then true. red is the only other color. Mm-hmm. And especially with her mom, all the stuff is sepia toned, even her outfit. Mm hmm. It's like everything is covered in like smoke, but it's also yeah. in Australia. So you also kind of get this the sense like everything is like kind of charred or covered in like smoke, but also sunshine. When huh? When was it made? This film came out in 2009. It debuted at the 2008 Sundance Film. Gotcha. Gotcha. Nice. Oh, I would have liked to be at that Sundance. Yeah. But I was eight. Great. <laughs> <laughs> We're children. Yeah, I was not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. I think I was like, what, 16? I was, mm. no. No, no, 2008. 2008. We were 1920. 32. We're, I was, oh! I was 20. <laughs> 20, yeah, we're old. What a fun We're time. old. <laughs> uh, we're old, yeah. Uh, I love this movie. Great pick. Thank I, you. I, I, the, the, Tears. The dynamic between Max and Mary is so beautiful. Uh, the two of them, when they write to each other, they seem like authentic friends. Mm-hmm. And it's weird because when it starts out, you're like, creeped out because you're like this guy's an old guy right then you remember he's he has asperger's so yeah. mentally he's about the same age as mary yeah yep, yep. and it's weird because mary's teaching him about how to how to be a human be more mm-hmm. open mm-hmm. and try different things Because she's such an extrovert even though kids don't like her mm-hmm. really she's still out there trying to be her yeah i love that she's such a strong yeah. character i love yeah. that and also like reading it back to your pick persepolis it also follows her because it, the film takes place over years. Okay. So it follows her as a child. Oh, the little still of her crying. Oh, she literally. has a mood ring, too, that changes depending on her mood. Oh, that's so cool. I just, everything about this movie is so it's cute. It's very deliberate. Yeah. Yes. Those little details. Like when she's writing Max, it turns, you know, excited yeah. or happy yeah. or red. And yeah. when she's yeah. sad, it's black. Yeah. Aww. And you, you, see, you see her grow up and you, you see how her, you know, how, how their friendship is affected and... And all that, but also how their friendship affects them in life, and then her as she's growing up and into being this woman, and mm-hmm. how, you know, the, the how their surroundings affect them, or or cause them to change, or say things that they don't mean to say, or do mean. To. And the thing about Max is he always tells the truth. I believe he's always telling the truth. Well, that's part of his Aspergers. Yes, yeah. which can get him into trouble. And yeah, I don't know. It's just such. <laughs> It's just such a beautiful movie, and I cried. And it's I cried based like on a, a true story. Aww. Is it really? Yeah. Oh dang! Did you know that a turtle could breathe through its anus? <laughs> <laughs> so we should mention the context. Ma- uh, Max is a, a, a Jewish man, 
in New York. Oh, City. yeah! He does speak Yiddish at certain points. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yes, he is... Mm. Uh, yeah, this movie's incredible. I can't say how much I love the voice acting. This feels like something that I would watch yeah. if I needed a pick-me-up. If I needed something to kind of take me out of real life, mm-hmm. I think I would watch It's that. a very human movie. I love human. Right? You know that. Yeah. You know that. I love human. I don't love <laughs> humans, but being human. I like being human. I like being human's eye. Six out of ten. Right. <laughs> so if you were to rate it, how, you know, would, oh. you, would you say to everybody, like, what, where, where would it land? I don't know how it could improve at all. Really? Yeah, it's, because... It's one of the best animated films I've seen in the last Nice. Year. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah. There's nothing that it can improve upon. The soundtrack from how it looks to how it's performed. And I've seen the the director's previous short yeah. film, Harvey Crumpet. Which is a really good short film. Mm-hmm. I was... Yeah, I was just like, man, this guy's like a powerhouse. But I don't know if he's come out with anything since. It didn't even receive a nomination for Best Animated Feature. Really? Um, for real? And, and it was in a weak year because there were only three nominees that year. Oh, wow. That's why, so why sad. Why on the docket then? Because it's also an Australian film and mm. they don't really give a shit about foreign animation. Yeah. Um, that's that's true. Technically, it came out in 09, so it would have been in 010. Actually, 010 was a pretty stacked year mm. for animated films. You had The Secret of Kells, mm-hmm. uh, Princess and the Frog, Coraline, Fantastic oh, Mr. Fox. Oh, those are heavy hitters. And up. Oh, those are heavy hitters. Wow. Yeah, those are all super. You can't. The, the, the three top films tough. there are super, three of the best. Dang. I mean, Coraline's one of the best stop motion films ever made. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. As is Fantastic Mr. Fox. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. So, a lot of tough competition that year, so it's not really. I mean, you probably could have taken Princess and the Frog out or The Secret of Kells, but, you know, Disney paid a lot of money to get both of those in there. So. Right. Right. I haven't seen The Secret of Kells. It's fine. It's fine. I'm not. I'm not. It's a, fine. Like you can watch it and you'll like it, or it's yeah. fine. Like you're fine without watching it. It. it you don't need yeah. to see it. Uh, I mean, the animation's pretty, but what was it? I watched a Song of the Sea, which is from the same studio, and I was just like, hmm. it has the same problems as Song of the Sea has. Yeah, I could. I could kind of see that with their. I don't know. It has the exact same problems. What about their newest release? What was it? it? The Wolf Walks. With I, I, I've heard that's good. Wolf Walkers. I've heard Wolf Walkers. I haven't seen it. Yeah. Um, good, good, uh, good choice there, Shay, you. for your second Thank you. pick. Thank you very My much. second pick is a 2010 film directed by Tono Hernando, uh, Javier Mariscal, and Fernando Trueba, and that is Chico and Rita. Which I have not seen. So Chico and Rita is about a young piano player and a beautiful singer who uh, begin a romantic journey that takes place over 50 years. Oh, wow. The style oh. is very... Very different from anything you're going to see. Mm-hmm. It's rotoscoping minus the actual human beings. It's It, it has a very much like a waltz with Bashir style. Mm. So when you say rotoscoping without the humans... Rotoscoping means... is when you draw over a human being. Okay, okay, yeah. This is doesn't, it's just Exactly, art. it mixes... Both your your guys' rotoscoping picks with Ruben Brandt style. Oh. Where the characters look human but don't. Mm-hmm. Gotcha, gotcha. And it, it, the cool thing is it's all in Spanish too. Because mm-hmm. it takes place in Goa. Oh, yeah, very nice. So it's it's very much like one of the few times you're gonna see like our culture in an animated setting. Yes. Because there's not a lot of Latino animated films. I agree. I have not. You know what? Thinking about it, I have. I don't think I've ever seen a Latino and animated. That film. That is why it was so important for me to pick this film mm-hmm. because I'm like, this is one of the few examples. So both my my picks so far have been foreign films, mm-hmm. technically, mm-hmm. because hey. Ruben Brandt is actually a European film. Mm-hmm. Uh, by a Croatian director that's in English. This is a fully Spanish, made in Spanish, by 
Latino directors mm-hmm. and writers mm-hmm. uh, about those sort of humans. Right, love, right. And I love that it takes place pre-communist, mm. and you get to see that all play out too. Gotcha. Whoa. Is this in is this in Cuba? Yes. Okay, so Cuba. it's Cuban. Yes. Because I'm looking at the photos, and it looks like there's you know very, very darker Latinos happening. So I would imagine it's a story of. Afro-Latinos? Afro-Latinos, yeah. Which makes it even more special because that's not a, that's something, that's a story. And I'll, and I'll tell you, this one's right up my alley because it's a romantic film mm-hmm. at its Aww. core. Chico and Rita, have been, they start out as enemies because Chico is this like wheeling, dealing, piano playing playboy. He's a play. Who's got <laughs> another girl, Ooh. but he meets Rita and Rita just is Rita. She's just too much for him. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, uh, he starts to fall in love with her, but he still has this other problem. Yeah. He shows up to his house the day after they copulate. Oh. <laughs> and let me tell you the one thing, one type of woman you don't want to piss off. It's a Latina. It's a Latina. <laughs> you don't want to piss off so, us. No, wait, no, you don't. <laughs> so the funny thing about that is um, then, you know, they become sort of not enemies, but they get brought back together by his manager to go play a radio show. Ooh. And the winner gets a ticket to, you know, play the cl- this club for the next month. And during that showtime of that club, a promoter from New York sees Rita, and his Spanish is terrible, because he's supposed to be this white, mm. you know, promoter from New York City. So uh-huh. he's speaking Spanish in a very <laughs> Caucasian way. <laughs> um, but he still does it nonetheless. Yeah. Um, and he offers Rita a ticket to New York, but he says she says she's not going to go without her piano player. Ooh. And it, there are certain times when it cuts back to Chico by himself mm-hmm. as an old man. Oh, and we know that something happened goes. to Rita. No. Yeah. Either she goes or... She left him somewhere. Something happened. We don't know what, though, until the end of the movie. <gasps> right. And that's the best part about this movie. Ooh. Is that intrigue. And it's just such a gorgeous Does movie. Does it hurt? I want to watch movie this hurt? Now. It hurts immensely. Is it going to hurt me? It hurts immensely. It hurts. Oh, oh, no. oh, it and it's actually more. based on a graphic novel, too. Oh, real. Yeah. A, and yeah. again, it took the style of the graphic novel and just huh. put Ran it on with it. Yeah. Oh, if I yeah, that sounds like a type of movie that yeah. I would totally uh, listen. Or one of watch. the one yeah. of the directors, Fernando Tueva, was one of the writers of the comic, and then uh, Ignacio, oh. Ignacio Martinez de Pizon was the uh, adapter of the novel. I love oh, that. Oh, very awesome. So, so like like Persepolis, also yeah. the director was also the one who did the the comic book. Mm-hmm. Yep, I love seeing There's, that. Yeah, yeah, it's and that makes me so happy. The entire thing that. is based off of the uh, the premise of a bolero. Oh, cool. Where we get to experience the highs and lows, yes. but ultimately, the torment and the sadness yep. as well. Yep. Any, you guys don't know what a bolero is. A bolero isn't, aren't they the ones It's that, a ballad, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're the ones who sing the... The, the ballads, ooh, yeah. The very sad... They're balladeers, yeah. I'm sorry, Latinos were the first emos. Like, <laughs> listen, 100% listen, true. Listen to no. mariachis, like, I'm sorry, like, Christmases with my family is getting drunk listening to mariachi music and like literally going like this and going I love you my best friend and then singing at the top of your the lungs only difference, breaking lyrics the it's only difference between American so country lovely. music and mariachi is one is in English yep <laughs> wait what they have similar styles American western country music and mariachi share similar themes same thing same I've thing. never thought yep. about that they always that's because about... you don't listen to mariachi you don't know the lyrics <laughs> they always talk really about don't. their settings they always talk about the love of the life or the one that they lost. Perfect. They always, yeah, they always talk about the most mundane things, but mm. they make it the saddest story. It's, <laughs> it's really true. Mm. The perfect example of that is uh, there's a song by La Tigres del Norte called 
La Puerta Negra. La Puerta Negra or La Camisa Negra? I'm kidding. No. That's, that's his one is. Yes. <laughs> La Puerta Negra. That song is super, super sad. It's from 1989. Yep. If you guys don't know it, listen to it. Obviously, no, an- no animation um, nomination for this film either no. in 2010. Mm-hmm. 2011 was not a stacked year. There were only three films, but it didn't oh. have a chance. A Prayer in Hell winning because Toy Story 3 came out that year. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. okay. Yeah. And then we all cried. Oh, yeah. And we all cried as they held hands. <laughs> and we all no! cried. So long, partner. Traumatic. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the whole time. Really true. Great movie. But I love Chico and Rita. And if you guys, I, I downloaded it illegally. Nice. And checked it out. Um, Good for you. Ruben Brandt, I didn't mention, I watched that in the theater when it, before it came out. And mm-hmm. I just remembered it and then I rewatched it. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I had it laying around, but... This one I, I downloaded illegally. You guys should definitely rent it um, wherever you rent VOD films because it's it's so good. It's mm-hmm. so beautiful. Um, I loved it, and the music is incredible. Ooh. It's well, very it's it's Afro Latino music. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of like you can tell like it's in it, that Celia Cruz was one of the inspirations mm-hmm. for all the music that, uh, that that Rita sings. The way she sings, the way she, her voice is put out is very Celia Cruz. Mm. So, very nice. Does it like? So, would you say, like, the performances in the film, like, feel like real performances? They feel like, like real really... people. They don't feel like performances at all. Interesting. Cool. They just feel like two people falling in love. It feels like what would happen if you set uh, Before Sunrise in mm. pre-Castro Dang. Cuba. Oh, wow. There you go. Yeah. There's that a sounds like there. a totally up my alley movie. There's a really cool scene at the beginning of the movie where there's a chase. Uh, this guy, he's trying to get to Rita, and he's chasing after uh, Chico. Chico's manager and Rita are all on this... Uh, sidecar motorcycle yeah and they're running through the streets and he's like chasing them in his car and they, since they're in a motorcycle they're able to like maneuver <laughs> it's a crazy movie it's a really cool movie and i really enjoyed it more than i thought i would honestly nice so that's my second pick and before we get to our last picks um we are doing a giveaway thanks to our aforementioned friends at disney pixar Ooh. they sent us a copy of their new film lightyear we're going to be giving away the digital copy of lightyear uh, all you got to do is tell us your favorite animated, non-Disney animated film in the comment section below. Or you can use the hashtag episode16FSR to enter. Just tweet us that and you'll be entered to win. You get a free copy of Lightyear. Um, we also have the luxury of today interviewing the lovely and talented Emma Roberts for her Ooh. new show on Hulu that she's going to be putting together called Tell Me Lies. Um, one of the coolest things about the show is all of the titles are rock songs and rock lyrics. Hey, yo. Yay. Yeah, so episode one is called Lightning Strikes, which is a really good song by Live. Nice. There's also a song, uh, episode seven's title is Sugar, We're Going Down Swinging. Oh, nice. <laughs> it's like Cowboy Bebop. Yes. Yes, it is. And then also you guys should check out the Jello of the Month Club if you haven't. This year, this month's episode stars me mm-hmm. uh, talking about the 1971 Jello. A Bay of Blood, which if you're a fan of slasher films, this is about where it began for slasher films. And then we also have a really cool discussion about the video nasties, Mm -hmm. um, something I am a bit of an expert on Mm -hmm. uh, as far as the horror genre. You're nasty. I'm something nasty. (laughs) Nasty. So just make sure you check out those things. Uh, All the links will be in the description of this podcast. Make sure you enter to win or else you can't win and I get to keep it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I haven't seen this movie yet, so there you go. Who's going to watch it? I don't know. Probably. A little light year one? Yeah. I loved it. 
I'm just going to yep. give my review right now. I really liked it, although I really have a hard time with action in general. Mm. And I have, lately, I have can't watch movies for some reason. I get stressed out, and I just start getting teary-eyed, mm. and I just have to turn around. Yeah. So there are parts of this movie that you would be like, Gina, there's nothing to be worried about in this scene. But I was literally facing the wall Whoa. listening to the movie because I could not handle it. So I loved it. It was it, it just it had such great chemistry between the characters, and I was not disappointed with the animation. Hmm. Well, there Honestly. you go. There's your there you go. short review of. Lightyear. I also don't. I also end up liking movies that people don't like in general. So don't <laughs> listen to me. Uh, mark that as it currently. This film currently has a C plus cinema score. C plus. That's why I end up liking it. <laughs> it ends up being what I. Like. And like a seventy six on Rotten Tomatoes. So. Okay. For a Pixar film, that's really low. I mean, Cars lowered the bar quite a bit. Yeah, but the Cars movies are literally the worst of animation. <laughs> Who thought of I agree. fucking John Lasseter? Being... John Lasseter, it shouldn't surprise you. Fucking John Lasseter. Fucking now, John let's get to our final picks, and obviously we're going to start with you, Gina. We're going to go with Loving Vincent. Oh, Ooh, great I wanted to hear movie. about this. I, I have not seen always this. wanted to watch this movie, so it was the perfect excuse to watch it. Mm. I enjoyed, as an artist, as an oil painter... Mm. I appreciated every little frame of this movie. At points, you can see that the artist used the photo, took the photo, then completely erased it and made another version, right? So, like, almost rotoscoping their own oil paintings. Mm -hmm. And so you could see the person move in the painting because you can see the the impressionistic lines happening as they were moving, right? this film is entirely animated. How do you, an entirely animated oil painting? Yes, that is, is correct. Is, 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 yes, and oil painting <laughs> is first of all one of the most like expensive mediums. It's horrible. It's also one of the have. hardest because it takes forever. It's I hate favorite. oil painting. It's my, it's my favorite. I love oh oil God. painting. I wish I had a studio right now because that's the first thing Oof. that I would be doing. Yeah. But it, for me, it was the perfect movie because it it dealt with. First of all, it was talking about the shady circumstances that happened around Van Gogh's death, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And then also, because I'm not going to give it away, but it also expresses the story through brushstrokes. And mm-hmm. as, but the only thing is that as an artist, I was so distracted <laughs> looking at like how these paintings were made because I can tell mm-hmm. how a painting was made based on just looking at it. I can tell the strategies. I can tell how they put the brush down. I can tell the types of colors and the types of paint they use. I am like, like zoomed in on it. And Mm -hmm. so I would stop. I would stop the movie and just stare. And my husband would be like, Gina, we need to watch this movie. And I'm like, no, we need to analyze this particular (laughs) frame. Like I was like, and I could see, like for me, I can also, when I see a visually appealing movie, I could feel feel the colors and so like the way that they moved and the sky would move and yeah. just the the transitions between the scenes. Woo! I was in heaven. This yeah. movie was great. And the story was great, but I'm more of the visual. Mm-hmm. Like it was I was there for the visual. It delivered on the visual. The story was great, but I'm there for the visual. How they found 40 35 to 45 different artists to paint in Van Gogh style because the whole thing is done in Van Gogh style. Yes. Curly lots of curls in the background, lots of Yellows and blues, because mm-hmm. those are his two favorite yep. colors, yeah. were yellow and blue. Yep. Um, how they managed to do that, I don't know. This one's directed by Dorita Cobiella and Hugh Welchman. 
And I gotta tell you, this movie's fucking dope, dude. It, I gives me just talking about it gives me <laughs> the goosebumps. You also have picked the first film on this list to be nominated for best animated feature. It yeah. did not win. Why didn't what was it, it win? win? Let's go over that now. Disney. Um, Disney. Yes, but when I tell you which Disney film, you're gonna be like, okay. um, was it Up? No. No. Up was my before film. that. Wait, this was 2017. 17. So, oh. Loving Vincent was nominated against Ferdinand. Okay. The Breadwinner. Okay. The Boss Baby. Okay. <laughs> and the winner, Coco. Okay. 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 I'm sorry, but they hadn't given Latinos much space, and so Coco was the first pretty much space. Nope. Really? There was a movie that came out a year before that what called that? The Book of Life, starring Diego Luna. Oh right. my god, The Book of Life! And it was a much better version of what Coco tried to do. You know what? And I still love Coco. Someone said it. No, but like in general, there was like some space happening. Also, for the best Latinos, cover of Creek. So I'm okay with that. But I am biased in the fact that this was technically a better movie. Technically. It's also it, better. It's a better acted movie, too. It, I mean, um, what's his name? Chris O'Dowd, wasn't it? Yes, he was. I love wow. Chris he plays, O'Dowd. He plays the uh, the sailor, the famous yes. sailor that Van Gogh painted. Yes. Yeah, and, and just, I love Chris O'Dowd. Everything he touches is my favorite. He's really funny. And he's hilarious. He's very funny. So, like, I was immediate. And then um, uh, Eleanor Tomlinson yes. was in it. Yes, And she's one of my favorites as she's well. She's a great actress, like, actually. I adore her. And so, like, when immediately, I, I was glad that I can recognize her through painting. Have you seen that movie that uh, Chris O'Dowd did with Rose Byrne and Ethan Hawke? What was Which it? One? Um, I have to remember what it's called, but it's, it's basically, it's about... Uh, he's a uh, Chris O'Dowd's character is obsessed with the lead singer of a band that mm-hmm. Ethan Hawke was the lead singer of, and he finds out that oh, it's called Ju- uh, Juliet Naked, mm. and uh, his girlfriend, played by Rose McGow or Rose uh, Burn, Rose Burn, <laughs> is uh, trying to help him. She like emails him to tell him, hey, my whatever loves you or whatever, mm-hmm. and then she ends up meeting Chris, uh, Ethan Hawke because she gives him an honest review about his l- last few albums, and yeah. It's a romantic comedy. I'm going to watch it when I go home. Yeah. It's great. Juliet Nick, it's an incredible movie if you guys haven't seen it. Love it. But back love to, back to no, Loving Vincent. It was, great movie. It was great. I loved the concept. I loved the execution. I mm. loved the storyline. I'm not going to give it away, but I mean, it, it took me by surprise. And as an artist, it probably meant to me a lot more than a lot of people who don't do art mm-hmm. because of the technique that makes it even more special. It really does. And I mean, you can you can look at the any frame of this movie. Oh, and God. It's gorgeous. Ooh, it, I can't even. It was, and the thing is, I haven't painted in oils in forever, so looking at it made me really happy. That I makes was, me feel overwhelmed. I was like, mm, art porn, art <laughs> porn. Uh, Jerome Flynn is also in this movie from Game of Thrones. He's also yeah, in this. He yeah, plays he the doctor. Yep. Uh, this movie's great. I love this pic. Great job. Where did you watch it? Uh, I watched it at home, loving Vincent through iTunes. Yeah, so I rented, rented it again. It for three no. I end nice. up not pirate- pirating things, unfortunately. It's all not, not unfortunately. Unfortunately. No, it's three bucks. <laughs> I pay. It's well spent. I pay the capitalism price. <laughs> it's fine. Capitalism is capitalism. Shay, what was your third and final? Pick? Ooh, okay. So this one, I'm. I don't know why I'm saving this one for last. Probably because it's uh, it's an oldie but a goodie. And um, <laughs> I'm going to go back to my roots mm-hmm. um, of uh, traumatizing movies. Uh, oh, yeah. Some... yeah. I remember what it was just now. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So it's funny because it, this... Well, okay. So I'm going to tease it a little. Whenever someone watches this movie, 
it's a generational sort of thing. Uh, this I, is a I Bambi really moment for people. It's a it's it's Bambi Ooh, moment, but yeah. for the entire movie. So how <laughs> how I watch? So oh my god. Okay, my mom saw this movie before me, and she was like, "Wait, I know this movie." And she was like, "Wait a minute, this is this is a bad movie." <laughs> and she was like, "I saw this when I was a little girl." And then so when I watched this movie for the first time. Me and my sibling had this uh, tradition where we would be watching TCM, Turner Classic Movies, all the time. That like that was our great shit way. Thing. Great way to go to film school, ladies. Yeah, and exactly. Don't pay exactly. For it. Better than film school yeah, shit. Film school didn't do shit. Because yeah. Ben Mankiewicz and those guys, Alicia Malone, Ben Mankiewicz, they'll, they'll teach mm, you a lot mm, right before mm, the movie mm, even starts. Wait, who's the who's the one who just well not just passed but passed? Uh, Robert Osborne. Robert Osborne, uh, RMP, RIP, OG. But um, didn't even have to look that up. I knew it. <laughs> nice. I can I can see their faces. You can faces see his lovely you, face in your yeah, head. Yeah, like the when they introduce the movies and all that. But uh, yeah. So the movie is Watership Down um, <laughs> from 1978. Yep. Woo! This one's bad. This one's a doozy, especially uh, especially if you're an animal lover, which I am. It and, is just it is animal abuse. The movie. Oh no! Oh, if I'd seen it any younger, oh, I probably no! would have cried. I'm <laughs> at that scene. They look like they're all bloodied. This like, is um oh. World War. Or rabbits. Uh, so basically, you go into this movie thinking it's just like some anime, old it animated film. It looks like film. Bambi. It looks like Bambi. You think it's just some movie, some British movie. With John Hurt. With John Hurt. Exactly. The ooh, we love John Hurt. Um, we do love John. Hurt. Amazing voice actor talent. Incredible actor in general. Uh, in general. Yes, that's it's too. a Criterion movie actually. As it should be. As it should be. Yes. Yeah. Um, so Watership Down. When you first go into it, you you have these rabbits. They you know they talk but it's just the kind of thing where it's like you hear them communicating with each other kind yeah. of thing and you it's basically about them surviving it's a right. survival movie i mean it's a war movie do yes and you, it really puts you it literally puts you in the perspective of these wild rabbits just trying to fight for their lives mm-hmm. whether and this is by the same creator as um plague dogs which, if you guys also don't know, is also animal, animal abuse. The movie. Oh no! And it's just as bad, if not worse. It is worse. Plague <laughs> <laughs> dogs is worse because it's laboratory animals. Oh no! Trying to escape people, and it's horrible. But you, you, you get a lot of this like themat, like these. It feels like a war movie. Oh gosh. Like you go into it, it thinking it, like it goes into this weird like lore talking about. How rabbits were created to survive, essentially, by this by this sort of god. That's how it kind of introduces that, uh-huh. and it almost puts it into like a sort of religious or mythological per- perspective, uh-huh. Uh-huh. where like rabbits are rabbits go fast because they're meant to run from predators, mm-hmm. kind of thing. And it's about you know the cycle of life and mm-hmm. and just how <laughs> tough it is to survive in real life. They come across this troop of rabbits, just this random ass group of rabbits. Uh, and it goes into this weird thing where one of the rabbits is also a psychic, and <laughs> the very the really beginning. Old one. Uh, is he the old one? I thought I he was so. like the small. He was the smaller one, and that one I think was John Hurt. Oh my god! There's so much rabbit violence and animal violence oh, in this movie. No. And watching it, I went in cold. I had no idea what this was. Me and my sibling. Oh no! It's <laughs> rated. Um. Probably PG back in the day. We're looking at photos. PG. I just saw a photo of a bloodied rabbit. I'm yes. PG. No. There's PG? literally. Uh, what was PG back then? Because that's PG. PG was. Well, they didn't have PG 13 yet. It was. Oh. <laughs> it was. Uh, they Dark didn't have Crystal. PG 13 till like 1984. Oh my god. Mm. Do you know I what mean, the first PG 13 movie was? No. It was uh, Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Ah. 
That's cool. Yeah. That's neat. It was made because of that movie. Actually. It was made because of that movie, actually. That be that makes such a cool tattoo, by the way, is like the melting Nazi. I kind of want to. That's funny because there's a scene in the source material of my next pick. Oh. Ooh. That reflects that. Oh, dang. Particular scene. I'll talk about it that in a minute. Connects. But Watership uh, Down is crazy. Yeah, Watership Down. Um, yeah, like I said, World War Rabbits. The first couple. And the well, I mean, also the animation is just beautiful. Oh, and yeah. I, Gorgeous I think, 70s animation. Very gorgeous. much reminiscent of like the Baron and uh, Bass and Rankin uh, Hobbit film. Yeah. Hobbit. Oh, yeah. yeah. But not, not as um, Hobbity. <laughs> There's no Hobbits involved. Thankfully. In There's definitely like a Shire, but no Hobbits. No Oh, it's the Shire of Danger. Oh, you literally see, I mean, there's a lot that goes in. And it's not, you know, shock for shock's Mm -hmm. sake solely. Um, They actually remade Watership Down. I am not, a couple times, I think. No, they just recently did it. Netflix recently did it. Oh, okay. As an animated series, yeah. Uh, But it was CG, wasn't it? No, no. Yes, really? yes, and they have uh, John Ma- and John uh, James McAvoy in the William Hurt. Oh, James! Oh, uh, okay, that McAvoy. actually makes sense. The cast is incredible: <laughs> Nicholas Holt, John Boyega, Olivia Coleman, Peter mm. Capaldi. Incredible cast. Rosamund Pike. But uh, wait, did you see it? Did they do it justice? I didn't see it yet. Okay, that's no. what I'm worried about because the story itself it is based on a novel by oh, Richard yeah, Adams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy movie. It, but it, it does have a lot of meaning to it. Mm-hmm. It has a ton of meaning to it. And when I first saw it, I appreciated it so much because it was everything came so out of left field. And it, it, it's, it goes into this descent of survival. And you, you see, you get attached to these. You're not even, you don't get attached to these rabbits. Mm-hmm. They're rabbits. Yeah. They're cute. And, yeah. But you see them do, you see some of them do horrible things. And then you see horrible things done to them. Yeah. And then there's more rabbits and then other animals and people who are like trying to exterminate them and pests or, or yeah. as food and all this yeah. stuff. And yeah, it's survival. It's a survival movie. It's crazy. I love it. And it, it permeates your brain. Oof. It does, and sounds heavy. It's a, it's it's a heavy. very heavy film, and it's based it. on a children's novel. Yeah. Ooh, also to mention, Art Garfunkel from my fa- one of my favorite musical Simon acts. Simon Garfunkel. Simon and Garfunkel. Oh, Listen, they go hard. If your movie has Art Garfunkel or Paul Simon in it. You're doing okay. Yeah. You're, you're doing, doing okay. Fine. I mean, The Graduate, all, all Simon mm-hmm. and Garfunkel. Yep. Garden State stole their best song Garden and put it in there. State. America. Uh, Only Living Boy in New York. Oh, that's a good one though. Yeah. Only living boy in New York, something like that. I get the news I need on the weather report. Oh my god, I, that was like Simon and Garfunkel basically introduced me to good music. Great, yeah. great, uh, great uh, musicians. Oh. There. Mm-hmm. Paul Simon's incredible. Incredible. He is. He is. Period. Oh my god. Good choice. Oh, Wild Thornberries. Oh, Father and Daughter. Yeah. Random pull. That song always makes me cry. Yeah. Father and Daughter. That's a good one. Yeah. Anecdote. But yeah. I miss that show. Me too. I love the movies. The movie, the, those movies were also traumatic. Yeah. Really? <laughs> For me, yeah. Because I'm just like, you, Wild Thornberries did some weird, they, not weird they, stuff, they but I was just like, this is intense. Yeah. You guys want to play as Nigel Thornberry and beat up this, <laughs> all, you know, very famous and classic Nick, uh, Nickelodeon's characters, you can pick up Nick All-Star Brawl for like six bucks right now. Really? On the PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, and Xbox. And uh, yeah, I, I made Oblina. From I love Oblina. <laughs> uh, and so, if you guys want to get hands, or in this case, lips put right, uh, smacked right on your head, Oblina's happy to do that. <laughs> uh, I love fighting games. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And uh, it, I mean, Warner Brothers' new fighting game is better mm. than Nick All Stars Brawl. 
Oh, okay. But similar. Okay. They're both very much like based on Super Smash Brothers. Oh. Nice. Oh my god. Which I'm okay with. Warner Brothers is also free and available everywhere. Hella. Which is really cool. Nice. So you guys should play Multiverse. Oh, I saw. It's dope. Now, for our last movie of the day, it's one of Make my good favorite one. animated What's it going to be? Because I forgot. Of all time. Did I see it? Have I seen it? You've seen it. Oh, wait. This film is from 1999, and it is South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut. Obviously directed by the wonderful and talented Trey Parker and Matt Stone. Uh, this movie was nominated for an Oscar, but not Best ori- best Animated Feature because it didn't exist yet. Oh, It was nominated for Best Original Song <laughs> for Is it the Blame, Blame Canada. Canada. <laughs> for Blame Canada. It lost to uh, You'll Be In My Heart by uh, Phil oh. Collins. Fucking ass, huh? From Tarzan? From Tarzan. Oh. You be mad. <laughs> fucking hate that song. <laughs> And, it lo- and Amy Mann was also nominated that year for Save Me from Maybe. Oh! And When She I Loved, when, when she loved Me, which is the best song out of all of these, for, by Sarah McLaughlin from Toy Story 2. Because that is one of the oh my God. cinematic moments that makes me cry every time it's on. It was okay. Everything was beautiful. Every hour was spent together. Really They're waxing poetic. It's right so now. good though. It's so good oh. though. So obviously, South Park: Bigger, Longer, and Uncut is based on the very popular television show. It was only in its third season at that time. It was amazing. Wow. The third the film season. is amazing itself. It's one of the best animated satires ever put to celluloid. Period. Mm. Essentially, our heroes, Stan, Cunny. Cartman and Kyle uh, go to see a movie, Terrence and Phillips' Asses of Fire, <laughs> that they're not supposed to see R-rated because they, they have a bum buy, him for, buy four tickets for them so they can get into this R-rated movie. And essentially, those four characters, our four characters, start to exhibit the behaviors of Terrence and Phillips in the movie, cursing up a storm, being general, generally dickheads. Yeah, that's um, awesome. And what happens is uh, Kyle's mom, Miss Broklowski, Sheila Bobrowski, um played by Mary Kay Bergen, uh, who did most of the female voices in mm. South Park, uh, tries to find out mm-hmm. what the cause of this is. And when Canada gets you know, word of it and they get blamed for it, they don't essentially like being blamed for all of that you know, stuff. <laughs> so they start a war with the United States over Terrence and Philip. Oh my God. Who are war criminals. Um, and oh I'm going to tell you, if, if you've seen the show, then you also know that the subplot... Because uh, in the end, at the end of season two, Saddam Hussein gets blown up and goes to hell. Well, now in hell, he's dating the devil. He's dating oh Satan. Oh my god, I remember Satan! And Satan's character in this movie is incredible. <laughs> he's just a man, dude. Oh. Just a man. I and just remember watching this movie. I had convinced my mom, who doesn't speak English, right, to rent this for me and i'm watching it she realizes what it is in the middle of it and i go you're not turning this off (laughs) and i'm like in fifth grade when this happened sixth grade yeah we're very hell yeah and we were so young when it came out and and she was like okay you're the one who wants to watch this and she just left to go into her room oh my god i was lucky enough to be able to watch it when it came out i just saw it because my mom let me watch whatever i wanted Hell, lucky. lucky. <laughs> what, what, one of the two, two of the funniest things for me are that there's two celebrity it, celebrity voices in the movie voiced by celebrities. So Dave Foley from mm-hmm. uh, from uh, Kids in the Hall mm-hmm. voices uh, all the Baldwin brothers. 
Oh really? my god. Because they get blown up. <laughs> As retaliation for them kidnapping Terrence and Philip, yeah. the American military kidnaps Terrence and Philip, the Canadian military bombs the balls. All of the <laughs> um, and then Brooke Shields is voiced by Minnie Driver. Really? What? <laughs> yeah. Minnie Driver. I, my brain had to process that for yeah. a second. And Mini then uh, George Clooney plays the doctor who replaces <laughs> Kenny's heart with a potato instantly killing him. Oh my god. Dr. Couch. You killed Dr. Kenny Dr. Clooney. Wow. Miss <laughs> McCormick, I'm sorry. We replaced Kenny's heart with a potato. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. How long has he got? Approximately five to ten seconds. <laughs> and then, yes, and then Kenny dies. And then, of course, the very famous line, you killed Kenny. You killed you Kenny, you bastard. Uh, I, I, love, I love this fucking movie. It's so funny. There, there's so many funny characters in this movie. There's the, the scene where they're, at, they're in a war zone, and they have this other character. He's like, he's also an eight-year-old, but he's like French, and uh-huh. he smokes, chain smokes. Oh, my God. And he's like, I will get you into the... I will infiltrate the enemy base. <laughs> I will help you retrieve the crayons and feed it. <laughs> and then he gets, like, blown up. And he's like, tell my mother I love her. And I am sorry for getting grounded. <laughs> As he's dying. And I'm like, oh, my God. Oh. It's such a fucking great movie. Oh, it's so funny. Oh. I forget the line, but there's a line. Oh, there's a scene. Oh, and then, of course, there's the Kyle's mom is a big fat bitch song, <laughs> which actually isn't from the movie. It started out in the show in season two, and then they expanded on it and made it a whole song and dance in the movie because the movie's a musical. I forgot oh to mention God. that part. Yep. The movie's a musical, mm-hmm. and all the songs are bangers. Yep. What would Brian Boitano do? Incredible. Which is funny because... Brian Boitano played a huge role in season one of the show because Stan gets nervous around Wendy Testaberger, yeah. and he's like, "Listen, listen, Stan, what would Brian Boitano do? He wouldn't get he wouldn't get nervous around girls." And now they're asking themselves, "How do they stop <laughs> Terrence and Philip? Well, what would Brian Boitano do?" Right. This movie's insane. The songs are insane. The whole thing is insane. Now it does have it does suffer from a little bit of a drag in the middle mm-hmm. before we get to the war scenes. There's a little <laughs> bit of a drag. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, this movie's incredible, man. I, I, it's one of my favorite animated movies of all oh time. And of course, it... it and you it, can't go wrong with South Park. Exactly. Yeah. And, and it, like my other two movies, has a very different animation style. It has that <laughs> cardboard cutout South Park style. Yep. And, uh, God, Which I, I miss, honestly, mm-hmm. from the new, like the animated, like computer animated versions. Yeah. I miss being able to be like, that's a piece of cardboard. Or like... Uh, a paper cutout. What is it called? Construction paper. It's construction paper. It's yeah. construction paper. Mm-hmm. Like, it's no longer construction paper. It's just. Mr. Garrison has one of the best lines in cinema history. Wendy asks him why he doesn't try believe her when she says that something bad's going to happen. And Mr. Garrison says, I'm sorry, Wendy, but I don't trust anything that bleeds for five days and doesn't die. Oh! <laughs> Shit. And we all know there's a bunch of memes like that. Oh That's where it started. That's where it started. <laughs> or when Chef is talking to the general because the the, she, uh, the general is racist and he has all the black guys in the front as like yeah. a shield. Yeah. And he says, haven't you heard of the Emancipation Proclamation? And the general goes, I'm sorry, I don't listen to hip hop. <laughs> Damn. Like, oh, God. I love it's it. It's so bad. Oh, I bet. I love it's it. so, because it was early 2000s, it's super offensive. Not even 2000s. Like, 1999. It's 1999. Oh, oh, my God. Because it's 1999. I'm sorry, but I look, at, I watch movies from like that era, mm-hmm. and I'm like, how do we tolerate all of this really bad offbeat humor. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so funny. <laughs> yeah. It's so there's funny. so many what I love is there's so many subplots in that movie. Yes. That are so good. Like uh Stan is uh Stan gets told by Chef that the best way to please a woman is to find the clitoris, which he doesn't understand is not a body is a he thinks it's a an omnipotent beam. <laughs> oh my god. 
that's like the list. He's eight years old. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh what is it? Adventure Time. From Adventure Time. Witch. Yes, an omnipotent being. Which is ironic because he starts to hallucinate during the war scenes about it. Nice. I don't remember this. I haven't seen him forever, but wow. I bet if I watched it again, I could find so many adult things that I did not have <laughs> no, as a child. I would recommend it, and it is available right now on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, and oh, you guys okay. are taking affiliates, so if you guys would love to be an affiliate for us, Paramount Plus, let us know. We're happy to Please. We're happy to put a subscription link in the description here if y'all make us an affiliate. Paramount Plus. Which has all of that, and you can watch, if you guys really like, if you guys want to watch the context of the movie, you can watch all your South Park episodes on HBO Max. Oh, wait, all of them? All 25 seasons. Oh, shit. God damn. You said you were on season what? Seven. Seven. Imagine oh if gosh. you binged that shit. Marathon yes. it. Yes. 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 <laughs> I love it. And there's a lot, there's so many running jokes in this movie that they continue to use throughout the show. Mm-hmm. You know, but yeah, I, God, what about you guys? Have you seen this movie? What do you think? I remember watching it and, tr- like I said, tricking my mom into into renting it, watching it, being like, what the hell did I just watch? Watching it again, and then watching it with my dad. Yeah, because, your dad probably cracked my, up, Because my dad is the most inappropriate person <laughs> in the world. I mean, as a family, we watched 8 Mile. The, so, Latino, oh dads, Latino dads do not have filters. Latino dads have no filters. They don't care what their children see. They're like, you're going to watch it anyways, so might as well watch it. Yeah, <laughs> I want to watch this it. This one so looks interesting to me. It. I'll check it out, too. <laughs> and, then he, and then my dad ended up doing a bunch of the jokes at work for his co-workers because of this movie. So yes, I have seen this movie and yes, I love this movie. God. There's that scene where they lo- they're looking up on the internet different things and they find a, a video of Cartman's mom and, Ma- and Cartman goes, Mom! <laughs> if you were in a German shicey video, you would let me know, right? Oh my God. Sure, hon. Mom! Oh my God. <laughs> That's how he does it when he wants something. Like the oh one God. where he's in dun- playing Dungeons, what is it? Not Dungeons and Dragons, the freaking World of Warcraft. Yeah, he's just sitting in his basement, but shitting. Me. Oh God! <laughs> Did you? Oh, uh, I think it was in the Streaming Wars where the newest episode where he uh, convince tries to convince his mom to get a boob job <laughs> for money. <laughs> he, he's literally, Mom, if you let me, you would haul yourself after me. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no. But then, and then, like, he's, like, so adamant about it. He's like, well, if you're not going to do it, then I'll get a boob job. And he literally raises money for his own boob job. Oh, my God. Because he's Cartman, and he will go there. He will go. Yes. He went there. And, oh, my God, like, they literally would show him from this profile view. Yeah. And he was just, like, the doublest D's of all time. And what I, what I love is, like, all the Canadians have these weird bobbleheads, like, you can, huh? And then they talk oh, like this. And they talk like this. Yes. Hello. Oh my god. Hello there. Why can Sorry, I Canadians. Like, we love you. Do they animate them like Ike? Yes. Because yes. Ike's Canadian. Oh my. Yes. You know that? Ike's, Ike's adopted. Yes. I did not know that. And that's why he has a flopping head because all Canadians have oh, flopping heads. I thought it was heads. just because he was a baby. No, because no. other babies don't have flopping heads, if you recall, in the episodes where he goes to preschool. Oh yeah. my god. <laughs> Damn, the lore goes so deep. Yes, all the Canadians talk just like this. I can't. That's what she said. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> also, also, in the most 1999 thing ever, Bill Gates says, uh, "Get shot in the head." Nice. Yep. Mm-hmm. Very much. So we're all like, yeah, ending. we're okay, cool with that. Yeah. <laughs> we're all good with that. Feels though. good, man. God, this is just a great movie. I love this fucking movie, man. God, have you seen it? I haven't. You gotta watch it. Man. I've only. I think I've only so seen good. the George Clooney scenes, but Dude, that's about it's it. It's so good. There's so much South Park. <laughs> Just watch the movie. It's so good, dude. 
too much South Park out there, but I love it. It's all it's, so good. It's a Satan is probably show. one of my favorite characters. Ever <laughs> He's just the best, dude. And that's like his. That's like his his debut, right? Yeah, because like, then the he series. comes in uh, later on seasons, and they give him his own his own episode. Yes. Um, and it's great. I love it. This yep. movie is just incredible. If you guys have not seen, I wonder if Saddam Hussein ever saw it <laughs> before he passed. Who cares? I mean, I <laughs> care because I would have. They're totally like playing been it on repeat at Guantanamo Bay. Yeah, he's I've totally like, been a, a fly on the wall watching him get upset that he's messing around with Satan. Do you want the context for this scene? Yes. They ask about Brian Boitano, <laughs> and they said, "Did you say Brian Dennehy?" No, no, we fucking didn't say Brian Dennehy. We said Brian Boitano. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, okay. And then he just leaves. Oh my god. It's incredible. Oh. You know what? I have seen. I think Landon showed me the the scenes with Satan and Saddam Hussein. God, it's so. I'm good. like, oh my gosh, it's so beautiful. Oh, is that Kenny? That's Kenny. No. Heart gets replaced by a baked potato. All right, that's how I'm gonna draw myself. <laughs> dead Kenny. <laughs> the dead Kenny. The dead Kennys. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, merch idea. Yes. So you're gonna Duh. be Kenny, and I'll I'll do Stan. Okay. Oh my god, that makes so much sense. Doesn't it though? Hell yeah. Ike. Oh my gosh. Little Ike. Little Ike. Little Ike. Kick the baby. Kick the baby. Don't kick the baby. I love it. Now, usually around this time, we'll bring up our bonus subject for the week, and our bonus topic for this month. What's your favorite Disney movie? And why? Oh, okay. And you can't pick a Pixar film. Oh, oh. I thought you were going to do the opposite, actually. No. I thought you were going to say, what's your favorite Pixar movie? No. Oh, no. no we, we can't pick a Disney. Now, one we can go Disney into pick, movie? Yeah, you can pick one Disney and you can pick one Pixar movie. Cute. Each. So you got to tell me your God favorite. God damn, Will. Okay. That's a hard one, right? That's and you know what? One. Since you're here, you get to go first. Oh, shit. Okay. Oh, shit. Man, I'm unprepared, man. But I guess I'll just do what comes off of the top of my head. And hopefully... Okay, first pickies. Uh, I guess my favorite Disney movie off the top of my head that I find... It's actually, like, very personal to me. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's always got relevant things for me to think about, strangely. Which people are probably like, why? Is Tangled. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I, I actually used to not like that movie as a kid. But the, <laughs> yeah, as, a, as an adult, I, I came to really, really love it. Because I found that there were a lot of parallels between Rapunzel's own situation and then my own. And I was like, wait a minute. And then the way that it deals with certain subjects like personality disorder yeah. and narcissism and toxic relationships and, and toxic parenting. Sure. I'm like, oh, it has like one of the best Disney villains, at least of our modern era, which is Mother Gothel, who I loved. Like you Mother can't. Mother knows best. Mother knows best. Mother knows best. Oh my gosh, she's a baddie. She's a baddie, and we love her. But it's it's fascinating how the film. The film really makes you love all the characters, even like the the bad baddies, and especially Mother Gothel, which I thought was really fascinating about it. She was uh, like the first time I saw it, I didn't like Tangled as much, but she was my favorite character. Mother Gothel's amazing. She has this suaveness. Yeah. Yes. Sorry, I went to the restroom. <laughs> so, I'm just myself essentially, out there. our second topic is you get to pick your favorite Disney movie, but it can't be a Pixar film. You get to give us your favorite Pixar film too. 
but it's not your turn yet. Yeah. Okay, so thank you for letting me know. I, about that, I know, like I so Tangled is just my pick off of the top of my head. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm not a Disney person, uh, but there's so many fucking Disney movies out there that you there's there's gonna be something for everyone. And Tangled was that for me, where it, it was almost sort of a personal catharsis when it mm-hmm. talks about like toxic relationships and positive relationships mm-hmm. and how to build positive relationships. Like, um, and it just really flip flops. Like relationships that appear health like comforting or positive or like homey at first like uh, Rapunzel and Mother Gothel's like kind of mother-daughter relationship uh ends up being something really deep and really Mm -hmm. horrible and like really traumatic and for a lot of people like being an adult is is realizing that like how how relevant and how common it is to have that mm-hmm. kind of relationship. Mm-hmm. But then you also have the relationship with uh, Rapunzel and Flynn Rider, Eugene Pitzerbert, my favorite <laughs> Disney prince of all time. <laughs> Zachary <laughs> Levi. Z- mm-hmm. He's so yummy. <laughs> He's just my enemy. He's so yummy. But is he not? He does look like Landon. I'm just saying. <laughs> I just say it. He is fine. He's got humor. He's got personality. He's got jokes. He's also he's a lying in, liar and a thief. But yes, uh, he's yes. a lot. But he he's, he's working jokes. on himself. He he's got jokes. But he's also he's also working on himself. And he's right. the most. I for me, I feel like he's the deepest that a Disney prince has gotten yeah. right now yeah. because he's got those layers but he actually has a backstory he's True. not just the prince coming in to save the princess he's like some dude who wandered into <laughs> this lady's house and she's like hey you're going somewhere take me with you bro like yeah. and yeah. he's just like and he's like no <laughs> yeah he's like <laughs> no weirdo. you hit me in the <laughs> head with a frying pan repeatedly <laughs> you fucking weirdo you, you concussed me <laughs> Repeatedly, well, I probably come with you. I probably yeah. have a concussion and would rather not get hit in the head again. <laughs> Flynn yep. Rider was just concussed the entire movie. Yep. yep. But man, it, it like. So you're saying she gaslighted him? A little bit. Ga- gaslighting, oh, but with <laughs> physical and emotional gaslighting. That scene with all the on the on the boat with all of the. Oh. Obviously, the, that's my favorite scene. The lights. Oh, all so those days. Every time, dude, it's so good. I love that scene. Yeah, I love it. that. That's a great film, dude. Yeah. I love it. What's and your favorite Pixar movie, though? <gasps> I don't know. Uh, okay, okay, okay. So what many do you think? There's so many. Okay, there's so many to choose from, and I'm not saying it is my favorite, but I'm saying definitely I'm it is you one. Stick to it. Okay, I'll, I, and that's fine. I I will die on this hill because it's not a bad hill to die on. Um, which is The Incredibles. Good choice. The music is amazing in that movie. <laughs> Not The Incredibles 2, though. Not The Incredibles I fucking hated that, and there should have been an epilepsy warning for that movie, because I was literally like, there's like two or three minutes where it's just like literally flashing lights, but... Yeah. Anyway, uh, I saw The Incredibles when it came out, which was kind of rare for me as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, not that we didn't go out and see movies, but I just didn't see as many movies. Um, we were very sheltered. But The Incredibles was something so new to me, but it was also like somehow like just really empowering, yeah. I guess, because it was about this family dynamic. But as a little kid, yeah. you're just like, oh my god, I want to have superpowers! Yeah. And yeah. I remember literally coming out of the theater when we first saw it, being like so excited and so hyped up that I literally pretended that I was Dash and I would just like, I was running <laughs> around in circles. I was so happy after I saw it. 
I was just like, yeah! And I was just like punching yeah. the air and stuff. But yeah, it's a fun movie. It's got a lot of adult themes to it. Of course. Um, Loneliness. Uh, Loneliness, the, the, midlife crisis. The, the will to not be forgotten during a midlife crisis. Yeah, because mm-hmm. that's what essentially what Mr. Incredible is dealing with a lot. Mm-hmm. Ego death. Yeah. Essentially. Yep. But also this family dynamic. And, and you got Mrs. Incredible. Enough said. She's <laughs> <laughs> you... looking. Voiced by Holly Hunter, whose voice Holly is incredible, Hunter. by the way. She has that weird lish in lish. her voice. I love it. Bob <laughs> Parrish. It's very specific of you to like that part of her voice. I, I just think it's, it's so a, it separates her from other people. Yeah. And as a watch, character too. As as but as a character too, it yeah. separates her from other actresses though, voice actresses when she when she does that. Yeah. The funny thing is, uh, Tango got no active, no uh, nomination for best animated feature. And I see that. I I I, I can kind of see that, but I, to me, it'll always be like. But The Incredibles won. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's good. It beat. Shark Tales, which is a terrible movie. Oh, it's a great movie. And Shrek 2, which is an incredible movie. Oh, I need a hero! That's not even the best song on that soundtrack. She says you gotta be honest, wasting your time after fishing around. No, here. I will fight to That's for the for the Gary fairy fight. the fairy godmother scene till the end of the earth. That is I will literally <laughs> like every I don't know why. The fairy godmother scene doesn't have a dashboard confessional song. <laughs> no, it's a vibe, it's a mood, it's theatrical, it's dramatic. Dashboard. It's mm-hmm. it's camp. Shrek 2 is so camp. It is camp. It is. It's essentially what would happen if John Waters made an animated film. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. <laughs> it is. I wish. Yeah, oh, my God. Is. We need that. I mean, look what happened when he made a musical. He made fucking Hairspray. Mm-hmm. Hairspray is incredible. You know what's crazy? I, I've seen Female Trouble. I've seen Polyester. I've seen Pink Flamingos, but I still haven't seen Hairspray. As you, but you should. And I, I haven't seen, what is it, Cry Baby? Cry Baby's incredible, too. Yeah. Cry Baby's amazing. That's back-to-back Cry bangers right there you're missing out on. Mm-hmm. Uh, perfect double feature. Great, but, um, great yeah. films. Incredibles. Uh, also, still, I mean, we're I'm looking at the trailer, the old, ye old trailer. This is an old movie now, but there's so much... Stuff about it that's iconic from like no capes, no capes. Have you seen my super suit? <laughs> Where is, is my, my super suit? suit? Oh my god, <laughs> such a good movie, dude. There's so many quotable quotes, it's such amazing a good movie, scenes. Dude. The design is fantastic, it's yeah. so unique, especially. I don't know, it, it's got like this, it's angular, like mm-hmm. 60s architecture to it. It's art deco meets uh, art deco, meets of. like a 60s aesthetic. You're completely right. Yeah, almost like a Bond. I mean, the music. It the reminds music. me of like Batman. Dude, 66 Batman. Specifically or with the animation? Uh, oh, with the animation. Okay. But also like the music mm-hmm. also just stands alone by itself. It Michael. Giacchino. Thank you. Incredible, uh, incredible composer. Mm-hmm. Everything he does. Doesn't matter if the movie sucks or not. Which he also just Bang. did the Batman. He did the Batman. He did the Batman. And that score rules too. Something in oh, my ass. Ooh. <laughs> Is that the riddle? <laughs> What's in his ass? <laughs> What's in his ass? <laughs> the drugs are in his ass. What's in his ass? <laughs> no, great picks. I love both those movies. I think they're great. Jenna, favorite Disney movie? I'm going to go. If it's animated like in, in, in the Pixar style, it has to be Soul. Um, we're, gonna, we're almost done. With Soul. I love Soul. That's your favorite one. Favorite Pixar. Ooh. Yes, it's, it's very new. You're starting with a Pixar pick. I'm, ta- I'm starting with a Pixar pick because I, I, have, I can watch Soul over and over and over and over again. And it is hands down exactly what I believe in, 
in like spirituality and that kind of stuff. So like, uh, I really enjoy how soul brings in the spirituality part of it. Right. It's like, a great movie. It's, it's, and it, it is, it is a exploration of, of our spirituality. Yes. For sure. Yes. She had to go. Oh, so. she had to go. And we're almost done. So. All right. Well, we're almost done. Yeah. I have to go with soul. I love that movie. And I, honestly, me and, and, and Charmaine both watched it together. And uh, yeah, I'm not going to lie. We both cried. I cried. I cried a lot. I cried Especially a lot when she was like, I don't know what to do with my, I don't know what to do. I was like, girl. That would have me balling. I love All of us. I love it. <laughs> she didn't know what the hell she was supposed to do there. And, and you know what? I, I love the place that the, the film came from. Where they wrote it from, and I, Jamie Fox is so good in that movie. Oh yes, he's incredible. Oh yes, that's a, that one won best animated feature against Onward, which is eh, Over eh. the Moon, which is eh, Wolf Walkers, which I haven't seen, and Shaun the Sheep, which is incredible. Mm-hmm. Shaun the Sheep's mm-hmm. amazing. Um, I love that movie. What's your favorite Disney movie though? Hunchback. Hunchback. It's random. I know. You and my brother both. I actually. for some reason internalized Hunchback so bad. Like I thought I'm the ugliest person in the world. And so like, for some reason Hunchback, I thought, oh my gosh, like there's this person who's cooped up. He thinks he's ugly. He has imaginary friends. I was 1997 it was it when it came out 96 mm-hmm. so so i immediately was like this is me i don't fit in i don't have anything like i just talk to my walls like <laughs> so for some reason a hunchback just i love it because it's dark <clears throat> and it comes with themes that are really controversial that you would never know as a child but now looking at it like frodo like hypersexualized esmeralda and esmeralda was like part of the Romani culture. Yeah, she's a gypsy. Right, Mm -hmm. yeah. And so, like, which I didn't know about until... Nobody does. I think this is an introduction to a lot of people to the gypsy culture. Yep, it it introduced me to it, and I was very proud to see a darker lead woman. Even though they gave her Demi Moore's voice. Right, right, exactly. So It wasn't a perfect example, but it was a good one. But it was a a start, so I'll give them that. Because I was like, wow, she's got light eyes, dark hair, dark skin... I'll give them that. Wow. Cool. No nominations for Best Original Song for this one, even though the music is incredible. All for One and Mariah Carey? Yeah, no no nomination for Sad. any of the songs. Uh, but that year was stacked. It was it? Evita. Ooh, okay. One, You uh-huh. Must Be In Love. Uh-huh. Uh, Up Close and Personal, which was a Diane Warren song. One Fine Day. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Mirror Has Two Faces. And then one, my personal favorite, That Thing You Do. Oh, yeah, That Thing You Do. <laughs> But you're not going to beat Andrew Lloyd Webber. Right. Really difficult to do that. that I love The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Great picks there. My turn. And I shall start with my favorite Disney film, which is actually the one that came right after Hunchback of Notre Dame in the Disney canon. Hercules. Hercules. I was going to say Hercules. Hercules. (laughs) You want to talk about the best music in an animated movie. so good. Back when the world was new. No. Bless my soul. Love is on a roll. Now see, that one did get nominated for Best Original Song for the Best Song on the soundtrack. I don't like the Michael Bolton version, but Go the Distance is one of my favorite Disney songs. It's a great song. Yeah, but it only lost to one of the greatest cinematic pieces of music ever made. My heart will go on. Yep, I was like Titanic. Titanic. 1997 is iconic for Titanic. Yeah, Con Air. Yep. Uh, 
Journey to the Past from Anastasia and Miss Misery from Good Will Hunting, written in, uh, by the incredible Elliot Smith, were also the nominees. Oh, Elliot Smith, I would have R. loved R. to have won that one, because uh, Elliot Smith's incredible. But Miss Misery yes. is used excellently in Good Will yes. Hunting. Yes, uh, I love Hercules. It's literally the best fucking movie. It's fun. It's incredibly crazy. It, ha- it's, it does Greek mythology incredibly wrong. It does. Half of it's of wrong. Of course. And I think it was on purpose. Well, who cares? Who cares? <laughs> Mega is amazing. Meg was so sassy. She's one of the first Disney princesses to really step out of the prototypical 1950s bullshit that Disney had been mm-hmm. eking out since the 1950s. Mm-hmm. She's sassy. She's kind of an asshole. She is. Especially to Hercules early. Yeah. She doesn't give him chance. She calls him Wonder Boy. Doesn't yeah. give him a chance in hell. Yep. yep. She knows her worth. And she like makes fun of the fact that he's trying to save her, and she's like, "What the hell are you doing?" <laughs> exactly. I, and she she's voiced wonderfully by Susan Egan, and I think that Tate Donovan, who's a great actor, does Hercules really well. And yep. of course, the most iconic two voices in there: Phil Tidys, yep. voiced by Danny DeVito, Danny DeVito, and Hades, voiced by the absolutely insane in real life person James Wood. James Wood. Yes, I had a space who in my head. is absolutely insane in, in actuality. I got a hunk of moussaka stuck in my throat. I got a hunk of moussaka stuck in my throat. <laughs> yes, Hercules is definitely one of the God, I love the this movie better so much. animated Disney films that I have seen next to Emperor's New Groove. I Emperor's New Groove is okay for me. It's fine. Emperor's New Groove has all the sarcasm that I I love. just get annoyed by David Spade, so. Really? Yeah. <laughs> No touchy. Yeah, I do like Gronk, though. <laughs> Kronk is the best yeah, he's the character. Best. Yeah, Patrick Warburton's voice is just amazing. The whole, yeah, Kronk is the best part of the movie. Now, when we talk about Disney, uh, when we talk about Pixar films, I love Toy Story 2, but it's not my favorite. Uh-huh. It's my favorite Toy Story, but mm-hmm. it's not my favorite. Ratatouille's amazing, but my favorite Pixar movie is Wally. Oh, I was going to say Wally. I was going to say Wally because that was me and my husband's favorite movie and that was the theme of our cake at our wedding. Wally? Yes, Wally. <laughs> amazing. And Eva. <laughs> Wally is an amazing fucking movie. Anybody yes. who hasn't seen it, it's it won best picture. It won best animated fi- uh, film in a weak year, but it was going to win in a strong year anyway. Right. Bolt and Kung Fu Panda were the only two other movies okay. against it. Yeah, Bolt. But incredible. Yeah, Bolt. John, John Travolta playing a dog. Mm-hmm. And Miley Cyrus playing his owner. Who cares? Right. Um, great movie. Wally doesn't have a, a, a lick of dialogue for the first hour. Yep. That it's on screen. And yet, the whole time, you're in. You're engaged. You're in. You're sucked in. I love this movie. I think it's incredible. And if you haven't seen Wally, guys, it's on Disney Plus. Go watch it. It's the best movie. Mm-hmm. And with that, that's going to do it for episode 16 Woo! of the Snobcast. Shay had to leave early, so she's not here to say goodbye to all of you. But you can follow her everywhere, including Facebook. And yeah, you know I said it. Shay Simone. Gina, where can they follow you if they want to? Y'all can follow me on my TikTok at drdr.chiquita, C-H-I-Q-U-I-T-A, Ginita, G-I-N-I-T-A. Um, I constantly post sarcastic information on there, so if y'all like sarcasm, go right ahead. There you go, and then of course you can follow me everywhere at Film Snob Reviews, and make sure you're checking out all the stuff I plugged earlier, and if you're not a part of our Patreon, you should join it, because we like money and we do it. Get way more, way more perks. Yeah, that's right. For a dollar, you can just, thanks for your dollar. For five dollars, you get your name mentioned on every one of these beautiful podcasts. And for twenty dollars, we'll, uh, you know, we'll let you, we'll let you come on. Yeah, you'll be a part of our, part of our awesome little conversations here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah even if you don't know anything. 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> about movies. We want to talk to you. Yeah, come on in. We'd love to have you. Like I said for the, for the Snobcast, this has been William, and we'll see you next time. Love, peace, and chicken grease. <laughs>